This is Lariah Hayes from Chaotica. Hey guys, this is Thomas from Camelot. Hi, this is Heather Michelle from Grave Shadow. This is Alex from Lee's Eyes. This is Nora from Battle Beast, and you're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Hey podcast listeners, welcome back to the show for another Metal Artist interview. I'm here with the Siren of the Eventide, Adrian Cowan, from Theatric Power Metal Upstart's Seven Spires. Adrian, thanks so much for joining us on The Great Metal Debate. It's an absolute pleasure, thank you for having me. Well, before we get into the band's background and music, I know you guys uh, were a last minute addition to the lineup at Prague Power USA this past weekend. How did that come about, and what was the experience like? Um, okay. Um, how did it come about? We were, I have known um, Milton, who works at the festival as a promoter, um, for a couple of years. I've been attending the festival since 2015. And um, on Wednesday night, he called us and said, can you get on a plane tomorrow? Um, and, of course, we said yes. <laughs> Because um, Prague Power is abs- it's the perfect festival for us, especially in the U.S. Um, and the experience itself, it, it was like a dream. It was perfect. A- aside from having to scramble logistically and, you know, find Jack a guitar and, you know, some pedals. But aside from that, it was like a dream. Is there something to having a spontaneous spur-of-the-moment show like that? Oh, as soon as I came back, I started working on new demos. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think we were all just really, really excited. So, you know, it helps our onstage chemistry uh, show everyone that we love each other even that little bit much more. And Prague Power always hosts some amazing bands, especially from Europe, and that had to be just amazing to share the stage with that roster of bands. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, actually, the Saturday, uh, which is the day that we opened that was the day that I bought my tickets for. Like I was going for the Friday and Saturday, um, but I was very excited about the Saturday lineup because many of my favorite bands were playing. Um, so it was really, really cool to open for them. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I know you've had quite the exciting past few weeks before the excitement of Prague Power. I understand you were stuck in Houston during Hurricane Harvey. That had to be a harrowing experience. First, are, is your family and friends okay? Yes, we are actually all fine. Um, thank you for asking. We lost power for, I think, three days, but um, we we are extremely lucky. Uh, we live on a hill in an elevated area, so no flooding or anything. We're fine. It's amazed me just watching online how both Harvey and Hurricane Irma as well, the metal community, how folks kind of have reached out to one another, and people are generally... Whether you're in a band or just a fan of bands, they're concerned about band members who are in harm's way. Yes, it's a really, really beautiful, beautiful thing. I think Houston was on the news for just, you know, people regardless of gender, race, religion, anything. Everyone was helping each other. Um, and that's how the metal community is always. But <laughs> I think there was some trouble. Uh, the drummer of Oceans of Slumber had a pretty bad hit 
from the hurricane in his house and, um, you know, just watching the metal community help him get his shit back together has been really, really cool. That's awesome. Well, getting back to the music, for folks who aren't familiar with Seven Spires, can you give us just the thumbnail sketch of how the band came together? Uh, sure. Um, I had the idea for the band very early. I was actually still living in the UK. I had written a couple of demos in 2012 and early 2013, and then I moved to Boston, Massachusetts um, that summer to attend Berkeley. Um, and in my first week there, I met the guitar player, Jack. Um, <clears throat> and within minutes, we realized that basically we were musical soulmates. Um, and so that was kind of how the band formed. And you mentioned your partner in crime, Jack Costo. Man, he is an amazing guitarist. The guitar melody on stage, just to mention one song off the new album, man, when I first heard that, I thought I was listening to Thomas Youngblood. He is so talented. What, what's it like performing and writing with someone with that kind of gift? I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's the most precious, um, most amazing thing I've ever experienced. Um, and I, every every day that I get to write with him or play on stage with him, I'm always I feel so lucky. And you yourself have had the the benefit and luck of playing with other artists in a number of other bands. Can you mention just a <laughs> few of those? Um, yes, I play keyboards in a band called Winds of Plague, um, which is a little bit different. It's symphonic deathcore, um, and I'm also the backing vocalist. Um, I sing in a band called Light and Shade, which features the guitar player and bassist of the band Temperance and our guest drummer, Alex Lindenberg, from Luca Turley's Rhapsody. Um, I also sing in a hard rock band called Firstborn. And I've done a couple of guest spots here and there, including uh, Jeff Williams, who writes the music for um, the animated series Ruby. And I also guested briefly with Amaranth um, when we opened for them a couple years ago. What does that do for you as an artist to have those different artistic outlets to be able to express yourself in, in different styles and genres? Does that help you in each of those areas? Yes, I need it because I like to do a lot of things. Um, I'm uh, Well, some people would say that it's frustrating how free I am. I don't like to be stuck doing one thing. So um, to be able to have so many different outlets is really really a blessing i think um and it pushes me to grow as an artist and just as a songwriter especially so yeah it's really really cool earlier you cited your attendance at berkeley school of music can you tell us a little bit about your experience there what does that kind of formal training do for you as an artist it was um extraordinarily challenging um i'm a good student uh, all through regular school until I dropped out and got my GED. Uh, you know, I was a good student, and then uh, when I got to Berkeley, it was so challenging, and, you know, you get there, and you're like, well, I'm going to the best music school in the world, so I must be amazing already, and then everybody else there is also equally amazing, and you realize you're nothing. <laughs> um, and a lot of people will drop out because it's too hard or it's too too much or too expensive, um, but I really think that it's super worth it. Um, you know, you get you get to the end and you realize that you know so much about the way music works and the way, um, like, how you can use music theory to emotionally affect people. 
um, and how to survive the industry. I, I think having a formal education like that is extremely important. Um, and if anybody is looking to have a actual proper career, it's definitely at least trying to have. I'm curious, when you mentioned to your fellow students and your instructors about your particular interest in heavy metal music, how do folks respond to that? I mean, are they into that? Do they understand what it's about? Well, um, in most cases, if you attend as a metal musician, you're maybe not taken so seriously. But um, when I auditioned, they actually gave me a full scholarship um, because I was a rock and metal musician. Um, at the time, I was doing more sort of rock and roll stuff. But my scholarship was uh, funded by a Lollapalooza Festival. So it was actually a benefit for me. And I guess also maybe because I'm a vocalist instead of a guitar player or a drummer or something, um, there aren't very, very many of my kind. So it's more a novelty. So if you show up to your class and you say, yes, I'm a metal singer, and they go, wow, do you do that like screaming stuff? And you look them dead in the eye and you're like, damn right I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yes. Adrian, let's talk a moment about the band's first full-length release, Solvay, released just this August. What's been the response so far? Um, probably like 90% overwhelmingly positive, um, which is a huge relief. <laughs> um, you know, there are a few people who are kind of like, I don't get it, and that's basically the only sort of negative reviews that we've seen is just, you know, people who don't get it or like somebody was saying we're like arch enemy light because um, on iTunes we are listed as black and death metal, which I disagree with and I'm not sure why we're listed as that. Um, but, you know, somebody was just misled and therefore upset that I wasn't Alyssa um, from arch enemy. Um, but yeah, aside from that, you know, we played in metal days, uh, in July, and that was our first European show, and we were extremely, extremely well-received. Um, all of the media partners of the festival were super into us, and we had, you know, tons of people interested, and um, I, I, I really just, I couldn't be happier. So, yeah, it's been great. The band released some of the songs on Solvay previously via the 2014 EPA, The Cabaret of Dreams. I'm curious, when were the newer tracks written, and how did you go about integrating them together with the established material? Um, the, the new tracks were written between 2014 and 2015. Um, we write all the time. It's just kind of the way we are. But um, So the Cabaret of Dreams EP is Act 1, and Solve is Act 1 and Act 2, and we re-recorded all of Act 1 when we went to go make uh, the Solvay record. Um, <clears throat> so the, it, it is a concept album, and so we basically just continued the story, and that's how the songs were integrated with the original EP. And you mentioned that Solvay tells something of a story. How long had that narrative been in the works? Since day one. <laughs> you, you... I like to tell... Sorry? Oh, you've, you've been thinking about it for years, I take it? Yes. Um, I We actually, <laughs> this is a little funny. We have two albums already written to put out next, um, and they are related to the story of Solvay. So um, I guess I sort of created a, a universe 
um, and told this story within it. And, um, you know, I have maps of the the world where it takes place, like all over my studio walls and character designs and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. Good to know for folks who enjoy Solvay, which I am one of them, that there's more to come. Now, the album was produced by the incredible Sasha Path, who many metal fans know from After Forever, Camelot, Epica, some of my favorite bands right there. What was it like? Yeah, what was it like to interact with someone of that stature? Um, it has slowly become normal, but I have been speaking with him since 2013, so it's taken about four years for me <laughs> to feel comfortable <laughs> with the idea that I am working with the Sasha Payeth, who has worked with like all of my favorite vocalists. Basically, if you can imagine, like you know, like 18-year-old Adrian sitting at her laptop like, okay, I'm about to cold email the guy who worked with Roy Kahn and ask him to work on my voice in my band. How do I feel about this? Uh, (laughs) um, And so, you know, we we would exchange emails and obviously he said yes, he would work with us. Um, And so through some, you know, calls and email exchanges, we, I got more comfortable with the idea um, but then when I flew to Germany last year to finish the tracking, um, Toby from Ed Guy, Toby Samet, called him while I was warming up and the sort of reality of who whose studio I was at kind of hit me in the face again um, because I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> so it's it's really, really cool to work with him. I feel super lucky. And the results speak for themselves the musicianship and then his production is has created quite an amazing album now that album for, to produce it you guys utilized crowdfunding via uh, gofundme help support it why did you go with that method and were you happy with the results um we were stunned by the results we raised twelve thousand uh, dollars which is really amazing for <laughs> A tiny band, uh, well, you know, um, we were, we're, we're like a lo- It's weird to say we're a local band, I guess. I don't really necessarily feel like it. I, it's, it's a weird thing, but we were thrilled. Um, and we had always said we would never do crowdfunding because you see so many bands that do it wrong, um, or it just, you know, the it, it feels, it feels weird to ask people for money. Um, so we just treated it like uh, a pre-order. So. Hey everybody, the record is finally here. We just, you know, need a little bit of help to actually print it and, um, you know, make the merch for it. So here's what we're gonna have. You can order whichever one you want. Um, and I made some special merchandise just for the release, um, for like the the super the super expensive nice packs. I like hand wrote um, the entire lyric set and put it in like a nice box that I hand stained and all this stuff. Um, so. That, that, that was basically less of a asking for money uh, approach and more of a pre-order, and that was the only reason we felt okay with it. <laughs> um, and then we had some very generous donors, um, so that helped a lot as well. And, and that kind of segues into my next question about your interaction with fans. You folks seem to be very interactive with your fans, both with the crowdfunding and, and other, many other ways online. And it seems you have a very strong community of online support. What what does that mean to a band to be able to interact with your fans and, and make them part of the effort? 
it means everything because we can't do anything without them. So it's, you know, to be able to be in contact so closely with people who appreciate your art um, and just really like everything <laughs> that you do, it's, it's, um, I, I can't, I can't, like, I, I don't know how bands live without it, basically. <laughs> it's so important. Well, you guys seem to do a very good job of it. Beginning to wrap up with you now, Adrian. After Prague Power, what what's coming up next for the band and the remainder of 2017? I know you've got a couple of performance dates in October. Yes, uh, we are opening for I Set to Kill on Wednesday 13 uh, next month. And uh, we have a couple more shows in the Northeast lined up. Um, I think we will try to do some more dates maybe on the East Coast. But, you know, um, Pete and Chris, bass player and drummer, are still attending Berkeley. Uh, Jack and I have already graduated, so it's a little bit difficult to work around their school schedule right now. Um, at the moment, we're also already beginning to work on uh, our next full-length record. Um, as I told you, as soon as I came home from the festival, I was working uh, on new demos. Um, so I guess probably for this year, we will finish recording and um, also begin working. We're already working on tour plans for next year. Um, a lot of good things came out of this festival, so <laughs> that's kind of all I can say right now, I guess. Well, I've seen a little bit of the video from Prague Power, and you guys need to be out on the road. People need to see you perform live, but I'm also not telling you not to work on that new material because I want to hear that as well. So finally, Adrian, what is the best way for fans to purchase music merchandise, including the album Solvay from Seven Spires? If you are based in the U.S., <clears throat> then we have our own online web store because actually we are, it's a self, self-released record. Um, so if you go to sevenspiresband.com, there is a store where you can order the album, uh, our shirts. We have very, very large coffee mugs, which hold a lot of espresso, um, which I had to test for science. Um, and if you're based in South America, uh, our distributors there are Hellion Records and in in Europe, we have SAOL, who, whom I guess you can order the record and the merchandise from there. So, yeah, we're also on Spotify, iTunes, and, you know, all that jazz. And come out to some of those dates in the New England area in October. I'm sure they can pick up copies of Solvay as well as merchandise from you in person uh, at the yes, venue. absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, Adrian, I tell you, it's an honor to speak with you. I love your new album. I am so excited. You guys are now on my bucket list of a band that I want to see live. And I'll also tell you, in December, we do our countdown of the best metal albums of 2017. I'm confident Solvay will not only find its place in those discussions, but it's going to be very high on my list. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, again, thanks so much. And uh, again, folks... Check out this new album, Solvay by Seven Spires. Thank you, Robert.